So we're in Ephesians 6. We're on this series still standing. Let's just read through again the, the heart of what this series is about. So it says we're all on a journey. There are hills to climb. There are mountaintops to enjoy. There are dry plains that seem to go on forever. There are storms that hit just when we feel furthest from shelter. Let's reach our destination still standing. Now, you're all sitting right down right now, but can I just check, in your hearts, are you all still standing? Good. Okay, success so far. So, the passage we're focusing in on in this series is the passage in Ephesians 6 about the armour of God. And just to reiterate, for those of you who weren't here last week, this passage about the armour of God is one that you have probably done to death, yes? You learned about it way back when you were a little kiddie in Sunday school. We go over and over it. But as I said last week, we learned to get ourselves dressed when we were, what, three years old. Doesn't mean we stop doing it. We still do it on a regular basis. Yes, you still got dressed this morning, yes? That's good to know. And so this passage, yes, we may have heard it a million times before, but it's a really valuable one to keep looking at. So last week, um, let's read the passage first. That would be a good plan, wouldn't it? So Ephesians chapter 6, the armour of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So last week, we focused in on the first two pieces of the armour, the the belt and braces, if you like, the the foundation garments of the armour. We looked at the belt of truth. Jesus is the truth, and the truth of us, that belt being about our identity, our identity is found in Christ. That is the truth. That's where we build our foundation on, our identity in Christ. And then we had the breastplate of righteousness, Not our own righteousness, our own breastplate, our own ribs have gaps in them. They are weak and we have a squishy heart in there. But that we have that breastplate of righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus. So having put on those foundation garments, this week we're getting ready to move forwards. Helps if you turn your clicker on, folks. Then it works better. We are getting ready to run. We're thinking about how we actually move forwards on our journey. And so we're going to be looking at our footwear, and we're going to be looking at our shield. So it says your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about how 
this picture of armour, for the people at the time, they would have been picturing the Roman soldier's armour. Okay, that, that was the, the metaphor that was being used there. And so I looked up to see what kind of footwear Roman soldiers wear. And it's these rather attractive sandals. Aren't they lovely? I presume, being not Christian at this point, they were not worn with socks. Because as you know, all good Christians do wear socks with their sandals. So these are the Roman soldiers' footwear. Now, they were quite cleverly designed, actually. So all of these leather straps that are kind of laced together were actually designed so that they would fit around the foot without rubbing any of the sticky-out bits, if that makes sense. They were, they were actually quite well designed, so they would be comfortable for walking long distances. Okay, They're ideal for the climate they were in here, actually. You could keep your feet cool in there, and it's very easy at the end of the day. You can just imagine having marched along those Roman roads for miles and miles and miles. At the end of the day, being able to just pop those sandals off and dip your feet in a nice cool pool of water to soothe them at the end of the day. You've probably noticed on the bottom, on the soles of them, they've got metal studs, not for playing football with. Apparently, those studs, the soldiers would actually have to buy those for themselves the sandals themselves they were provided with, but they'd have to buy their own studs to put on there. And they did a few things. They made them more hard-wearing for when they were going over rough ground. Yeah. They also were rather good for if you were trampling over people, turns out. You can kind of imagine ranks and ranks of people wearing these shoes. If you fell in front of them, by the time the entire legion had gone past, you'd be pretty squished, I would imagine. So... That's their shoes. But we're told that we need to wear, we need to have our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, what we wear on our feet says something, determines something about how we are planning to move forwards. We adjust our footwear according to where we're planning to go and what we're planning to do, don't we? So the question I want to ask us this morning then is what's on your feet? Take a little look if you like. Some of us instinctively have. Or any, any nice footwear this morning, people? Is that what? Ah, I am wearing these ones for a particular reason, which will come later. I, I have had commented, look, I'm wearing tights today. It was so I could wear these shoes specifically. I have, I've, I have sacrificed my usual dress sense, especially. D- did you? Ah, well, there we are. They are specially for today. What are your feet fitted with? And I've brought in some different footwear that you might have your feet fitted with today. So, first up, perhaps you are wearing the slippers of comfort. I I hate these are my slippers. They're not actually that comfortable anymore because Alfie, my dog, possibly may have chewed the insoles in them. So, they're, they're, they're kind of a new slippers for Christmas, honey, okay? New slippers. They won't last. They won't last. The slippers of comfort. Why do we wear slippers? What are slippers for? What does it say if we put on our slippers? Relax. Not going out. I'm relaxed. I'm comfortable. The slippers of comfort. I wonder if any of you might have anyone come across Fly Lady. No, you see, Jan and I know Fly Lady, so it's. Is this kind of motivational for, for those of us who, on, under our own steam, struggle to keep on top of our housework, which I'm sure Jan doesn't because she's 
very good. But those of you who visited my house will know it's, it's not a personal strength for me. Okay, But the idea with Fly Lady is, is this scheme of how to keep on top of your housework okay, in nice, easy steps. But one of the things that it says in that program is always be dressed to the shoes. Don't wear your slippers around the house. Because if you wear your slippers around the house, it is much easier after you've done a task to go and sit down and put your feet up. And it's much harder to be motivated to go and get on with something. And it's true. If you're wearing your slippers, you're more likely to kind of kick back a little bit. And somehow, if you're wearing your slippers, it feels much harder to get up off the sofa and go and do a job. And so the advice is always be dressed to the shoes. And I wonder if in our life, in our walk with God, perhaps sometimes we're wearing our slippers of comfort, where actually what we're really thinking about in our life is, I want to be comfortable. I want to reach a place. My goal is to reach a place where everything's going well, everything's in place, and I'm comfortable. And yeah, we we need some comfort in life. But if that is our, our main motivator, it's going to be really hard for us to keep going with our tasks. Because actually, if we're going to move forwards, there's work to be done. And it's really hard to keep going with that work if we've got our slippers on and we keep wanting to kick back. So slippers of comfort, not the best footwear to be moving forward with. At times we might wear them, but not our main footwear. Okay. Are you ready for the next footwear? It gets more exciting as we go on, people. Okay, you're going to like these ones. This is one of my favourite items of footwear, although I have to say these are not my ones of these, because mine were covered in chicken poo still this morning. So, here we go. This is actually one of the kids' welly boots. The wellies of woe. What do we wear welly boots for? When it's raining, work for cleaning, for trudging through icky, muddy stuff. Yes? Now, sometimes in life, we trudge through icky, muddy stuff, yeah? Yeah? And so we wear our wellies of woe. Oh, this is hard. I need to protect my feet a bit. It kind of sucks as I'm trying to walk along. It's hard going. But sometimes, we might wear our wellies of woe all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes we could perhaps go through life and I would say, oh, life is so hard. Oh, I've had so much difficulty in my life. It's, oh dear, it's all just too much. It's terrible. Now, when you're in the mud, great, of course, you need to wear your wellies of woe for a bit because, yes, sometimes life is muddy and horrible. But if you wear your wellies of woe all the time, oh, it's too hard. Life just isn't fair to me. I'm sounding like one of my children. I mean, it's not fair. Oh, it's too hard. The thing about welly boots, have you ever tried running a race in them? <coughs> you have. 
It's amazing the things you discover. You have run a race in welly boots. Yeah. It's not a good plan, is it? Doesn't work. Okay. Welly boots, not good for running a race. You cannot walk very fast. You get the kind of slap, slap, slap against your legs as you go along and, and not good, not good. If you're always wearing the wellies of woe, you are going to struggle to keep up. When you're in the mud, sure, wear them. But don't stay in them. Don't stay in them. Take them off and move on. Okay. Next item of footwear, I had to borrow. Because this, this sort of footwear is not my area of expertise, shall we say. Turns out our pastor's wife, she didn't bring me one pair, she bought me three. <laughs> so, of the many, how, how many? So, <clears throat> here we go. Lovely, aren't they? Okay. But hang on, hang on, it gets more exciting. I wonder if, for the, for the benefit of the podcast, we should be describing these black, tasseled stiletto boot, ankle boots with a zip to the interior. <laughs> are, are they not lovely? And, and the piece de resistance, I feel, the wedding shoes. Are they not lovely? The stilettos of instability, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Now, some of you apparently can walk in these things. I cannot. I tried in the kitchen before church began, and as Charlotte and Kezia will tell you, it was not elegant, was it? Really not elegant, okay? These do not work for me. I cannot stand in these things. I don't know how people do it. I mean, seriously, look, look, look at the size of that. How do you balance on that? I'm, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Yes! Hey! Lovely. Moving on. The stiletto of instability. Now, why do you wear shoes like this, Simon? Why do you wear shoes like this? Congregation, presumably the women, why do you wear... To, why do you wear these shoes, people? To pick up men. Does it work, Jan? Well, I've had it for 40 years. So it's done the job for him. <laughs> no practical purpose. So they are about looking good, yes? Yeah? They are about looking good. They are all about appearance. You wear them when you're wanting to look special, yes? But for long periods... Not very comfortable, no? Not comfortable for long periods. Can't keep going in them for a long time. And particularly if the going gets a bit rough, like, for example, you're on slightly soft ground at a wedding, Jan, I'm told you sink, apparently. (laughs) I wouldn't know never having worn them. Let's think then of that metaphor about our, our approach in life. If our motivation, if the thing that's moving us forward is about me looking good, me wanting to be better, yeah? So I'm stepping into something, I'm going to go and do this, 
because I think, yeah, that, that's a good thing. I'll, I'm going to look quite good if I do that. Or actually, I can feel proud of myself if I do this. Make myself look good. It's not a very stable approach because it's really hard to keep going with. You can't keep it up. Yeah? Either, best case scenario, you get a bit tired and achy on your feet and weary, and so eventually you take them off and you back out. So whatever it is you've been doing, that you've been all guns blazing, yes, I'm doing this ministry, I'm doing this, I'm I'm amazing. I'm exhausted. I'm just going to have to say, no, sorry, can't do it anymore, and back out and let people down. Or, if you don't do that, perhaps more likely what I would do in these You stagger along in them trying to look good, and then you fall flat on your face. We're not going to stay standing if our motivation, if where we're headed, is all about me being good, me looking the best. The stilettos of instability. Now, this is the point where I was probably trying to take the shoes analogy too far, okay? So you've just got to work with me here, okay? Because we're now moving on to the clip-clop shoes of correction. Okay, just go with me. And these are the ones I'm wearing. Okay, now, if if we could have a moment's quiet, I will demonstrate for you the clip-clop shoes of correction. Are you ready for this? You may have flashbacks to your school days at this point, okay? Oh, yeah. I am feeling powerful people. All of a sudden, I'm in control. Yeah? There's something about those shoes, particularly in a school, which means you're going to do what I say. I'm in charge here. I'm going to change you. Yeah? We don't want to move forward in life aiming to change other people. Now, it's a difficult one to get this because, yes, we want to help other people grow and improve. But our goal as we move forward is not to change them. If our goal, if our main motivation is to change other people, again, we're not going to stay standing because we cannot change other people. What other people do, how other people behave, is outside of our control. Yeah? We can try and encourage, we can try and persuade, but it's not something that we can be in control of. And this is where sometimes it it breaks my heart when I see some Christian groups, shall we say, who go out and their message is, you need to change your ways. You're wrong. You shouldn't be living like this. Because that's not what Jesus says we should have on our feet. What Paul, rather, says we should have on our feet. We're not to be wearing shoes of correction. What it actually says is feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Just to finish off the shoe analogy... The Reeboks of readiness, except they're not Reeboks, they're carry more ones. But anyway, comfortable shoes, lace up, fitting well to run the race. But what are these shoes really about? Fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. 
It's interesting that these shoes are emphasizing a gospel of peace because this passage is about armor. It's about battle wear. It's about fighting. And yet what we have on our feet, what moves us forwards, is about bringing peace. That gospel message that isn't coming just saying, you're not good enough, you need to change. It's coming saying, God loves you. God wants you to be at peace with him. God doesn't want there to be a battle between you and him. God's already done the battle through Jesus. God forgives you. God wants to welcome you into his arms. That has to be our motivation. Because, you know, it says at that beginning of the passage that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against other people. That's not what the battle is about. Our battle is against the spiritual forces of evil. And the way that God has already defeated those spiritual forces of evil is through love, is through the gospel of peace. He didn't fight to correct us. He fought to save us. He fought to say, I love you. I want to be with you. I want you to be with me. If that's our motivation moving forward, that's when we're going to stay standing. When our motivation isn't our own comfort, it isn't about looking good and impressing, it's not about correcting other people, it's not about our woes, it's about God's love. Always God's love. That's how we move forward. But we do have an enemy still. Who is going to try and take us down? The enemy does not want God's love to be shared with people. And he's going to fire his arrows at us. So as well as our shoes, we need a shield. The shield of faith. We must take up the shield of faith. Here's a picture of a Roman shield. I don't know if you can see this one, but apparently when holding the shield of faith, you have to look really grumpy, like the bloke there. What is faith? Well, Hebrews 11 verse 1, which I know off by heart because of a little song we used to learn in Sunday school. Do you remember it, Charlotte? Shall I sing it for them? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> you got like, Are you ready? Faith is being sure of what we hope. For certain of what we do not see, faith is being sure of what we hope. For Hebrews 11 verse 1, do, 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 do. I thank you. I thank you. You see, all, all of those songs you did as a kid were worthwhile, because you can remember them. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we don't yet see, certain of what God has promised Let me give you a little analogy of this. So, back over the summer, my family and I went to the one event. It used to be called Great Fun. It's a Christian camp up in Lincoln. And this year, because Jaden was doing something on the Friday, so couldn't leave on time, plus we had to take the Alfie, the dog, to someone else's house to be looked after, we had to go in two separate cars. So Kezia and I went first in one car, and Chris and Jaden came the next day in another car. So Kezia and I had to achieve driving to the Lincolnshire showground, okay? 
which is a fairly straightforward route. A14, A1, and then you turn off right on the something or other. I can't remember what, but that's fine. Okay, no problem. Plus, we had sat-nav on my phone, which Kezia was in charge of. Kezia now knows the password to my phone. I probably should change it. Yeah. So anyway, all's going well until Kezia says, ooh, there's a red bit on the map ahead. Mm, that's the bit many people were in, I gather. We were a little further behind you guys, and so we had time, and Kezia says, ooh, but it's suggesting another route that is 17 minutes faster. Okay, I'm thinking this is a good plan, and it probably was, because actually you left like hours before us and got there only 10 minutes before we did or something. So yeah, it was a good plan. So fine, so we're now not going along the nice A1. Kezia is directing me (laughs) through obscure little village number one and obscure little village number two, and so on. And you know how you get to that point where you've done so many wiggles back and forth, you're not even sure which direction is south anymore, you know? And I was convinced that Lincoln was up there and we were going in that direction, my my sort of internal compass was telling me. And I started out and I kept saying, are you sure, Kezia? Are you sure this is the right way? And I got particularly worried because we were aiming for the Lincolnshire showground But then I started seeing signposts. On the route we were following, there were signposts to a different showground. And I started thinking, Kezia's put the wrong showground into the sat-nav for me. And it took us past this other showground. At which point I'm really panicking. I kind of didn't trust her at this point, let's let's be fair. Has she put the wrong showground into the sat-nav? And so I ended up saying, look, Kezia, can you come out of the navigation mode and just zoom back so we can see the full map again and just check that where this is going is actually the place we want to be going, yeah? And this is what happens in life in our walk with God. Sometimes it's not a nice direct route, and we find ourselves wiggling off down these obscure little paths and thinking, hang on, are you sure we're heading to the right destination here, God? Are you sure we're really going here? Is this really right? Have we got confused here? So the shield of faith, the question there, is who do you trust? Do you trust God? Am I really going to end up where he says we're heading? Am I really going to get through this weird little village that we're going through right now and end up at the destination. Are we going to make it there or are we completely lost? Who do you trust? The thing about the Roman shields, it says they extinguish the fiery darts. Now, you might get fiery arrows um, shot at you during battle, okay? But shields like this, so wooden or canvas shields, you can dunk in water to make them wet. So then, hopefully, when a flaming arrow comes at you and it hits the shield, it goes and fizzles out. Okay? The thing is, little science lesson for you here, guys. Are you ready for this? Prepare to have your minds blown. Water evaporates. Okay? Particularly if it's very hot 
or if it's particularly windy. That's how washing lines work, yeah? Okay? Water evaporates. Things dry out. So if you want your shield to keep extinguishing those arrows, you have to keep wetting it. It doesn't stay wet forever. And that's how our faith with God can work. We need to keep re-immersing ourselves. One of God's challenges to me over this summer, actually, was to make sure I'm spending more time just worshipping him, being in his presence, getting soaked in him again. Because actually, if we think, right, I've dunked it once, off I go, battle, 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 battle. I dry out. And my shield of faith is no longer going to do as good as a job as it might. We have to keep on soaking in God, in worship, in reading his word, in prayer, being in his presence. But even then, when life's tough, we sometimes hit points where we're overwhelmed. And actually, I I don't know if you've ever been through a season where you just can't pray anymore. You just can't worship. You're in that point where you just can't. And that's when you need to think tortoise. Tortoise. Okay. So, I'm not going mad. Work with me here. So, Roman shields were actually designed to be used like this. Okay. So, they were full body shields. Okay. And when they were going into battle, they would all huddle together and put their shields around them like this to give them complete coverage. So that as they moved forwards together, they had complete protection. Because the thing about a full body shield, and you've got it here in front of you, my back and my sides are completely vulnerable still. And actually, if I'm being fired at from all directions, whizzing that shield round is going to be hard going. We need in our journey with God to be walking together like this so that we can all hold up the shield of faith for each other so that sometimes if you're in that place where you're saying, I just can't right now, you can go into the middle and other people can hold up the shields around you while you go through that stage. And the thing is, you need to get in that tortoise before the fiery darts hit you. Somehow in society, there seems to be this idea that being independent and being strong and coping on your own is a celebrated, a good thing. You know, those things, wow, that person, they, they don't need others. They cope on their own. They can do it themselves. It's not clever. It's just stupid. Because you're making yourself vulnerable. We need to be, we are designed to be in relationship with others Walking forwards together, because we all need that protection, that support from each other. We can't wait until we're under attack and then try and run back and get into the tortoise. You need to be in there from the beginning. That's why, I I know we harp on about it at church, but being in a small group is really important. You need that network of people around you who are there to hold up that shield for you when you're struggling. 
you need to be in groups like that. Or on a serving team. I, I often find, actually, for me, a serving team, when I'm working with others, is as much support as being in a small group is. It is really, really important. So, as we draw to a close, I just want us to picture in our minds for a moment an army marching forwards with those shoes on and holding up those shields like that. Perhaps you can hear in your mind the sound of them, tramp, tramp, tramp. But that sound of those feet pounding isn't a sound of attack or of condemnation. That tramping is God's love. God's love. God's love. That's how we move forwards. As we move forwards together, in in that tortoise, move forwards by God's love. That's when we stay standing. That's what keeps us going. So, in response, we come to a close. The band are going to come and lead us in one last song. I want us to just take a moment and ask yourself, how do I need to respond to this today? Ponder your footwear. Are you wearing the slippers of comfort? Are you stuck in those wellies of woe? And perhaps it's time to say, okay, I'm taking them off. I'm moving forwards. Are you tottering on your stilettos of instability, trying to make yourself, trying to prove yourself as good enough? Is it time to take those off? And just come back so that your feet are fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace, of God's love for you and for those you're moving towards. Are you under that protection of that shield of faith that surrounds you as you stand with others? Do you need to perhaps move into a tortoise? Is that the step you need to make today? So as we close, we're just going to worship God and make a commitment to whatever it is we need to do in response.